Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Business from the Best Boat Podcast on the Serious Angler Network, powered by X2 Power. And guys, I am in the middle of just absolute craziness. I don't know what it is with everyone trying to get married in September. First of all, I really like to be elk hunting in September. That hasn't happened this year at all. Three three people are getting married uh, in September, and it's just it's been wild. So, anyways, I'm actually about to to head out to Lake McConaughey in Nebraska after this for a friend's bachelor party. We're going to be doing some fishing and some hunting out there, um, specifically duck hunting, teal hunting, and dove hunting. And then on the fishing side, it's it should be top water and and just an absolute blast for smallmouth, largemouth wiper it should be just uh going off it seems to this time of the year lake's extremely low so i'm curious to see how that kind of affects things but anyways super excited for today's show this has kind of been a long thought out deal where i've just kind of left this thought on let's bring in someone that is in the youtube space versus kind of on the pro fishing space see just different thought processes on how they make their money on, on how and why they kind of choose a certain route to go in the fishing industry. And this is kind of bringing that back up. And, and so we got hot Ty burger coming on and that's bass fishing HQ on YouTube, very popular YouTube channel. And just wanted to break down everything that he has going. And it's cool because he has a tournament background as well. So it, it's, I think important to get some stuff out there around the positive and negatives of each of these routes and what people really want to do. And I think that, um, getting, I, I feel like in the fishing industry, there's so much stuff that is hush hush and not talked about, um, how much someone's getting paid from a sponsorship standpoint in the pro angling world versus certain little things. So I just try and bring as much clarity to that and understand people's privacy and what they don't want to talk about. But I love talking about that kind of stuff and just seeing the viability of some of this stuff because clearly there's folks making a living on YouTube. That's not a secret. That's been a thing for a long time. So I think it's a unique route. And without further ado, let's bring Ty in. What's going on, Ty? You know, what's going on? How's it going, Adam? Doing well, man. Looks like you got the boat in the garage in the corner oh, yeah. of the old, the old angled back end. Man, I <laughs> know that so many times over. Oh. <laughs> It's kind of the worst. Uh, we actually just bought a house and it has a detached garage that's 30 foot long. And so like, that's probably the most pumped I am about it is just being able to back straight in and not worry about it. Cause there's a, you probably can't see it, but there's a big old hole in the wall right there from where I've hit it a couple of times. So, but yeah, that, that's, Oh man. So, so, uh, I, have backed my boat in angled that way for so long and i so i bought a house in 2019 and the reason i bought the house was for the garage no other reason right like i mean it was literally because it was 25 foot stalls i could fit a boat in straight and so then yeah. i rent out a bunch of the rooms in this house as well with and my tournament partner also has a boat and we can actually fit them side by side 25 foot stalls lined up in the garage and it is wow. awesome yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason about the house like and and ideally eventually i'd love to have a detached situation like that almost like a little shop garage yeah. situation where i can have all my fishing stuff yeah everyone everyone who's done it knows what we're talking about you know it's all about that garage space it is and also even with a straight garage i will say i did already punch a hole in this one uh <laughs> it's super cool just just barely but i heard it and everything and sure enough like go back there skegs halfway into the wall like, oh jeez. Just I love it. I love it. And it's it. 
and it's like oh man it really sucks when it's like yours now too it's like i gotta fix that <laughs> like <laughs> i gotta true. figure out a way like it's not like anything crazy but it's like dang it that yeah. was on me <laughs> anyways man we're talking i guess early september in my opinion still kind of the dog days of stuff we're starting to maybe get around to where where fishing can get rolling again here in or good anyways when it comes to fall fall fishing feedback getting put on by these fish bait fish pushing shallow again but i'm curious have you been fishing here recently i know you're in ohio um what's kind of been uh, your fishing situation as of yeah late? yeah so no i i fish every week uh, i guess that's the great thing about being able to do youtube full-time right now is that you know, I fish primarily actually on the, during the week now and don't really worry about it on the weekend when it's crazy out. Nice. Um, but, uh, been Ohio's tough in general. Uh, I mean, you add in the, the fact that it's September and we're dealing with the end of summer and, and getting ready to go into that, you know, that fall turnover. Like it, it's, it's very tough. It's very tough. I think that I, I fished, you know, the Tuesday nighters, we actually just wrapped them up last night. Um, and we actually were able to win the points, me and my partner. So we're, nice. we're pumped about that, but, uh, uh, it was, it was difficult. We had, we only had five fish that weighed six pounds. And I think who what the guys who won had, uh, they, they weighed in 11 pounds, you know? So it, it's, it's, it's tough around here, but I did just go to Minnesota a mm. couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I was there for a week. I filmed for a week and it was, it was crazy how good the fishing is up there. Like I love it up in the North in general. I mean, you know, and it's just like, I, it was just, it was beautiful up there. There was great fishing, you know, a lot of largemouth. I was kind of in the Southern portion of, of near Minneapolis area. And it was just, it was great fishing. You know, it really was. So it, it blows me away. The, how incredible everything up north is like every time so like i'm i'm out west here i'm in colorado and mm -hmm. like we've got some tough fishing similar to ohio like as far as it goes like i mean same deal like you know 10 pounds 13 pounds in the spring maybe 14 15 pounds to win a tournament and then you go some of these places and like i either go west which is incredible as well especially in northern california and that kind of a thing or when i do make it up north it's just like it is it just blows me away in comparison to you because I spent a lot of time in Texas and Southern states as well, Oklahoma, where it's supposed to be all this, this great bass fishing thing. And don't get me wrong, there's good situations, but just the pressure that those bo bodies of water take on and just yeah. in comparison to up north, it's like not even, it's not even a comparison. Like it's no. just, it's so much better up north. It is. It's amazing. I love it. I love New York. I love Michigan. I love Minnesota now. I just, I love those states. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, let's dig in a little bit to your background and how you got to where you are. I mean, you've got a YouTube channel that's got over a hundred thousand subscribers, and um, which is just incredible. And and this is your full time income. And I think that it's very easy to say that, and people are like, "Oh, wow, that's really cool." But it's like there's been a lot of work to get to this stage. And I kind of just want to go through what that looks like and the route that you took. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's actually, uh, it is a unique path and it's more like a, it's kind of like a pinball machine, you know, hitting about five different things and finally finding the, the way is kind of how I feel like it's been. But, okay. uh, you know, for me, you know, I've always loved to tournament fish. Like that was what I want to do. I remember, uh, I think when I was 13 or 14, 
I was watching the Bass Masters and on TV, and I'm just like, man, that's what I want to do. I, I, I want to become, you know, a pro. And I, then I think that they they hadn't uh, formed the the actual Elite Series until I think it was like oh six ish. Yeah, like that or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so then when they formed that, like that was that's kind of been my goal. Like growing up through high school, like all of college, I fished for Ohio State on the the Ohio State bass team and everything like that. And like all I wanted to do was tournament fish, you know. So I've like I've made a lot of decisions in life based upon that, you know. Like where there was times where, you know, for instance, my ex girlfriend in college, like her dad, like basically when I graduated handed me a pretty good job. Um, but there was like two weeks of vacation and I was like, this ain't gonna work. I, I'm not going to do that. Like, cause I yeah. wanted to get into the opens. I was saving up money to get in the opens. I knew I was going to need at least three weeks off. And so yeah. I'm like, that's just not going to work. So I, I didn't take this job literally based upon the fact that I was wanting to fish the opens and I didn't even fish them for like years after that. So it's funny thinking back at it now, but like you, you make a lot of those type of decisions if you really want to like pursue it, you know, and I, I kind of think back and, you know, just recently, you know, Bass uh, announced that they're, you know, really taking uh, nine guys from the nine opens and it, it caused a lot of, you know, ruckus, Upward, I guess man. you can say, but I, I true, I truly feel like if you want to make this happen, like you, those are the decisions that you might have to make. You know, like it, it does kind of stink, but like being and fishing the opens for so many years too, like it is so it's, it's nearly impossible to be in the, in the top three out of 200 some guys like it used to be, you know, like that is so difficult to do. And you, you can't even have, the thing about it is you really can't even have a mediocre day. Like you have to have all good days if you want to do it that route, you know, and being able to do it now in nine, like it allows you to have some of those mediocre day, maybe even one kind of bad day if you can back it up. So anyways, I'm already getting off tangent. So just bring me back in when I need the no, back in. So you're good, man. I, well, just one thing on that, like I'm in, I'm in complete agreement there. And like, as much as I love the idea of like, you know, and I fished a division of the Toyotas last year uh, on the boater side. And then this year I kind of went around the country fishing as a co-angler and just getting some more experience on that side of things, which has been cool in the Toyota series. But like, that's my, been my thought process too with this. It's like, you can't, you can't really be on the fence at this level anymore and be like, well, I'm going to dip my toe in. And it's also selling a pipe dream when there's only three slots. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's ruining. It's like those chances are so slim as is like you have to decide what you really want and how much sacrifice you're willing to make. And to me, you have to already be looking at that as an option of fishing all nine to, to make yeah. that sacrifice to go there. And that's just depends on who you are and what you want is what it really comes down to. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think you're right. You know, and, and, and like I said, you know, kind of getting back to it, like, you know, coming out of college, like I had studied marketing. Um, that was my, you know, what, what I majored in. And so like, I knew that that would help me down the line when it came to fishing because of sponsorships. And I really thought in my mind, you know, and this is what I would highly suggest for anyone who's like wanting to even be in the tournament scene or anything is you really have to start almost with the marketing side and, and, and then go from there. Like if you come mm -hmm. out like a, like a rocket, you know, you come out like a Jacob Wheeler, you know, obviously you're going to have some tournament winnings and, and stuff that can fund you. But, you know, I had 
a, a lot of really good years in the opens where I did not make any money, you know, like yeah. where I was up there in points, but I, you know, I lost money on the year. And so like, that's something you also really have to take into consideration. So anyways, again, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but you know, coming mm -hmm. out of kind of coming out of college, I, I think I had posted like a video or two on YouTube. I think it was like in 2013 or something like it was way back there, maybe like eight years ago or nine years ago. And it's like they were really crappy videos. I just wanted to like try it. You know, it was it was newer then. And I didn't do anything else with it at all, you know, and then I posted the next fall. I posted a random video. It was like top four fall baits, you know, real typical kind of educational bass fishing video. And okay. again, didn't pay attention to it. It didn't really get any views, you know, maybe like 12 views or something like that. And uh -huh. the next year, literally a year after this, I like log into my account because I actually have my YouTube account on a different thing than like my normal email account, you know? So I like logged into it and all of a sudden I realized I had like 300 subscribers and I'm like, what the? And I like <laughs> looked down at this video and this fall fishing video had racked up like I think it was like 20 or 30,000 views or something oh, wow. like yeah. it just kind of it, it for, you know, it kind of caught the, caught the algorithm and it just went out and I'm like, what the, and so literally didn't do anything about it. You, you know, and this went on for years, like literally years, like the next year, same thing, the fall video, like it, it the fall time came around and it did really well. I actually just checked this exact same video right before we logged in and it's got like 200 views in the last couple of days. So it's like, it even yeah, still, yeah gets yeah because we're kind of getting into the fall time so anyways up until the end of two so like around 2015 i decided again i'm not doing anything with youtube at this point and i just have this one random video that's doing well and i decide i want to fish the opens so i i go all in and at that time i was actually working a marketing job and this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. I was working for a company. It was a, it was a marketing company. I helped companies get found on Google and Facebook. And um, SEO I stuff. Uh, like yeah, SE, technically SEM. So because it, yeah. was, it was paid search um, and I wasn't doing more of the organic stuff. It was all paid search. And okay. so I, but I quit, I literally went up to them and I said like, Hey, like I am planning to fish all the opens next year. And I had the first year that I was going to fish the opens, I was going to fish all nine of them. So I'm like, I'm going to need wow. 10 weeks off. And yeah. I actually had, and this is, this is just another thing, right? So I had been with this company and they actually, I talked to the vice president and he was like, you know what? I think we can make this work with what you do. And he's like, you can take off all that time he's like you're not going to get paid you know you'll still get your two weeks paid you know pto but you're not gonna get paid for the rest but you can at least take it off at that point in time though i had already made up in my mind i'd, I'd actually lined up another job you know and and wow. figured it out and so i quit anyways but i think that again kind of going back to what we were talking about there are situations where if you if you ask your employer, you know, if you're wanting to become a, a tournament angler and say, hey, this is what I aspire to do, you know, and this is what I'm kind of looking at. There are a lot of people that are like, hey, we'll give you unpaid time off and you can take off a lot of time, you know, like, you know, depending on what you do, obviously. But that's just another no, thing. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I essentially, I literally, what I did, what I went and I still work for that, the company I work for Hull and Hall and, and I, I'm on our, kind of our finance side and some brokerage side as well, but mostly that, that finance side when it comes to farm and ranch real estate. 
And I went to them and said, look, here's what I'm looking to do. And I was asking to fish. I was looking at fishing two-ish um, divisions of the Toyotas, plus kind of like your Bass Nation, your TBF, grassroots tile tournaments, right? So I went to them and said, hey, I'm looking for X amount of time off. And it was the same thing. It was like eight weeks off or something. I will take a same thing. I will take this unpaid, uh, my normal my normal time that I want to be my three weeks or whatever it was, two weeks of vacation time off. That's still going to be paid. But then the rest of this unpaid time off, they said, we love the idea. Like, thanks for being forthright and like coming to us and saying, hey, look, you're you're willing to take some of this paid, not not paid time off, but just with our structure and our bonus structure, not going to happen. So, but what we will do is an independent contractor situation. So it's like when you close a deal, you're getting paid on it. Right. And like, and so that's the route that I took, but it was the same thing. It was like, so many people are afraid to ask that. And like you said, have that stuff lined up. But like, if you're forthright and um, lay it all out there on the table and it's a, it's a legitimate situation. I mean, people understand, like, I mean, like you're, if you're chasing a dream, you're in your twenties, like, I mean, they're not going to, they're going to try and help you if if you're a good employee and working hard and stuff like, so I, I agree. I think it's great to at least check. Yeah. And I think that's it too. Like you said, like if you, you know, if the company knows you're invested in them and you're saying, Hey, I love to work here. I just, I I'm trying to pursue this. Like, I think a lot of guys will get behind you. So it's just, it's just a side tip almost. Like if, if that is you out there, you know, like you should just look into it, you know, like if you want to fish the opens next year, you don't think you get time off. You just never know. So, and and it's crazy. But anyways, you know, I ended up quitting there and I, I got another job and, um, it was with one of my buddies who actually owned a company doing tree work. So I did manual tree work, like after all this marketing stuff, sitting behind a desk for years, you know, back cause out. I wanted to fish the open, you know, like yeah. back out. It was great. Um, but he is my best friend, you know, like, and he, he know I've been best friends with this guy since I was like 12 or 13 years old. And so like, he knows the passion. So he would let me take off whenever, same thing. You're not going to get paid, but he would let me take off for weeks on end. So, I went to fish the opens the first year and I'm like, my, my goal was to fish one full division in the first tournament of each of the other divisions. Cause that's when they had three and three, which I, I guess that's what they have now as well. Um, but anyways, I didn't make any money in any of the tournaments. So I had to back out of some of the, in the tournaments at the end, I think I ended up fishing five total. Um, but yeah. again, it was just this huge experience, you know, just learning, more about fishing, fishing out of state. And I had fished a lot out of state kind of coming up, you know, leading up to then, but it was like, yeah, college stuff and and just, you know, fun fishing stuff. But, you know, being in that tournament realm, like it's just so different. And I had some good days and I had some bad days and I had some mediocre days, you know, and that's, that's tournament fishing, but you know, you just, so I fished, I think I ended up fishing for six years total on the opens. So the last year that I fished was 2020. Yeah. So, and then, and, and during that, like, you know, got to see a ton, you know, fished Mississippi, Florida, you know, New York a lot, like fished all over the place. And, and you got, you know, obviously like, you know, as a, as a traveling tournament fisherman, like you, you see a lot of similarities, but there's also very specific things out there lakes wise that are, you know, you know, you go down to South Carolina, you're fishing a lake with blueback herring in it. Like you're going to be doing different things down there than you've done anywhere else, you know? And so it's just, it's fun to learn that stuff. It's fun. I, you know, I just, I love 
finding the fish. I think that that's probably the big thing for me. So anyways, at the end of 2019, so this was the year before my last year, I decided I was going to film some YouTube stuff um, because okay. this is when Scott Martin was really blowing up and his videos were doing really well. And I'm like, I can do that, you know? So like I go pro chesty them, that kind of stuff. And I actually had some of those videos that did really well. And then in 2020, the great 2020 year, um, <laughs> I actually got a sponsor um, which again was another person that I worked with another one of my friends who owned a company and he mm. was willing to pay all my entry fees that year. Um, wow. and, and in return, I was going to do some marketing. They, this particular company, they're called Columbus barrel company. They sell like products made out of bourbon barrels all across the nation. Oh, wow. And so like, I just, I met up with these different distilleries everywhere I went and it was a really cool relationship that we were able to kind of like like it, I, I truly felt like I was helping them and they were obviously helping me because they were paying for a lot of my expenses. So it, it worked out really, really nice. Um, and part of that agreement was that I was going to, you know, start doing YouTube a little bit more. And that was on me. I just put it in the contract, not necessarily on them. Um, and so anyways, it kind of forced me to put more content out there. And so over that year, I, in 2020, I put out maybe like 30 videos, 30 or 40 videos. And, uh, during that time I went from like, you know, I, I think I was a roughly around a thousand subscribers when I started to about 5,000 at the end of 2020. And mm -hmm. so at the end of 2020 though, uh, I had lost, like I had been doing some freelance marketing for some clients and some other things. And I had lost a lot of those clients because of 2020. And, um, we also at the time, like me and my family, like we were, we were getting ready to have another kid. This is, we had already had one. We we're getting ready to have another. And we were trying to, uh, the big thing is we wanted to eventually get into a house and like with, even with having expenses paid for in 2020, like, you're spending a lot of money like to fish the yeah. opens and that year I, I i didn't i didn't cash a single check like and that even hurt even worse because usually when you do cash a check it might be a, a three thousand five thousand dollar check whatever if you do well mm -hmm. anyways I, I i decided not to do the opens in 2021 but i said if i'm not going to do the opens i'm going to try to do youtube and just see what happens and so i had posted like 30 or 40 videos at that Time, I started to understand a little bit more and then I just like full on dove into it in 2021. I'm saying wow. I, I literally told myself I'm posting three videos a week and I don't care how crappy they are because I know they're going to be crappy. I'm just posting three a week and I'm going to put them up and just see where this goes. And so and, and from there, it just it just stinking blew up. Like I had some ideas of things that I had wanted to do. And some of those ideas just really blew up, like as far as videos. And I went from, you know, 5,000 subscribers at the, at the beginning of 2021 to almost uh, 50,000, I think, at the end of 2021. Yeah. And then this year, I've gone from that to just over 100,000. So it's just, it has really blown wow. up, you know, and the subscriber count is great and everything like that. But I, I really have found just a love that when I get a lot of, you know, either comments on a YouTube video 
or messages of guys saying like, man, I, I did exactly what you said. Caught my first bass. I caught my biggest bass. I caught the most fish. I'm, you know, I just love getting those comments because you know, it's like, yeah. you know, I'm putting, I'm putting these videos out basically from all the experiences that I have had from traveling, like in the opens and just all over. And I just want to try to help people to, to catch a fish and not do it where, you know, I, most of my videos, like one of the big things that I try to do is not waste my viewers time. I don't, I don't typically put out a, a video that's more than about 15 minutes. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I just, I think that I can get a point across of something really quickly. And then sometimes that makes for a fast paced video. Um, but at the same time, I think that, uh, it, it's just kind of the way that I like to do it. I want, I want to get the stuff out there so that someone, if most of the time I know that guys, like when I work on a truck or, or something, like I literally pull up a video of how to do something and I'm watching it right then and there. And yeah, I want to start doing through. it. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to watch a half hour video of someone talking about how to, you know, do this or do that. I want to watch, you know, the 10 minute video that shows everything and I can, I can go from there, you know? So that's kind of how I approach my channel as a whole. So, and then from I, there, you know, sponsors have come and all kinds of other stuff, which we'll get into, but it's just, yeah. it's just crazy. So it's, it's been a no. big, big blessing. This is crazy to me, man. I mean, so, so first of all, just on your, on your concept of short content, I mean, it's like, to me, and, and the same thing, like I come from the business world where like the goal is to have a concise email, right? Like get your point across. You don't need to have all this extra stuff, like a meeting, like let, 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 let's make it quick. Like let's, there's no, there's no need to have all this extra stuff. And I like that. And in the YouTube uh, format too is great for that. And I think that the same thing, like when I'm on YouTube, like I'm generally looking at quick stuff, then there's kind of like the entertainment side to me, like a Brandon Polnick video, or like I follow a lot of these hunting channels where I want to see the story uh, behind something and that's kind of the entertainment. That's when I'm like sitting down after dinner kind of a thing. Um, But then, and I'm going to be the first to say like, I listen to more podcasts than I watch on, on, on YouTube and then podcast, right. Is that other style format where it's a long form content. I mean, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a conversation. People are generally able to do things while listening to a podcast. I mean, you can be working, you can be mowing the lawn, you can be driving. So, so I like that that approach though. And I like the 10 to 15 minute window of video stuff. I think that's great. And the biggest thing to me that I did not realize. So like when I'm looking back at stuff, you know, just doing a little bit of research, I'm seeing opens all the way back to 2008. And then you look at kind of like that swing of 2015 through 2020, where you really put a lot of time in your fish in the opens every year. And I thought this whole time, this has been kind of like, hey, YouTube has been kind of like this thing, like you're saying, you just aren't really thinking about it, but you're throwing stuff at it. And every once in a while, you're having a video take off. And 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 then, but like really, you dedicated your time to it recently. I mean, we're talking like, it's not that long ago. You had 5,000 subscribers, you know? And, and I mean, that's that's insane to me that there's still, because I think that a lot of people, including myself, get caught up in, well, like, I mean, YouTube is, there's so many YouTube channels now and yeah. it's oversaturated market, right? Like there's, there's so much going on, but like, you're the proving like that you, you didn't worry about that. Like it's, it's, it's insane and it's yeah. exponential, right? Like you got the curve, like grows pretty substantially from you going 50 yeah. to a hundred was probably a pretty quick time frame, quicker than you probably expected. 
Yeah, no. And it, it and it is, you know, and, and I could go on for days about that kind of stuff. Cause I do think that a lot of people, when they get into the content world, they're already thinking this is going to take five years, you know, five, six years. And it might, but if, if you treat it like a business, it's like, that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, I am, I'm devoting time throughout my week to create content. Like, it, that time is money, right? I could use that time to work a job and make money. So you have to treat it as a business. And whenever you run a business, you also have to look into every single detail. Like I want to know, you know, I want to present content in a way that people, you know, listen to it. And I, I want to present content that they learn from it. And I want to also appease the YouTube algorithm, which that's a big rabbit trail. But like <laughs> I spend so much time literally just trying to watch like, you know, self-help YouTube stuff where it's like guys who have channels that talk about YouTube. I listen to a lot. I've made friends here recently with a guy named Pat Flynn. He has a couple of yeah, really dude. big YouTube channels and uh, he has one that's like a, yeah, he, he's, he's an awesome guy and he loves to fish. He actually contacted me saying that like, I did not talking know that. About loves to fish, loves to fish. Oh. And he's like big into it, like really getting into it this year. And it's just really cool to like our relationship in my mind has been really cool just because like every now and then he'll ask me a question about fishing. And then I, I probably ask him a lot more about YouTube stuff, <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's just interesting, you know, cause he's been doing it for years. I mean, he has multiple hundred thousand, you know, channels, like it's crazy. So, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, if you treat it like a business and you really are like, okay, I want to, I want to grow this and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is why I should make this video and all the little intricate things. Like, I think that someone can grow really, really fast, you know, and, and, you know, being really different helps out a lot too. You know, if you're different or if you present differently, like there's so many things we could go on forever. I know people don't want to listen about that, but yeah, no, dude, so. I think those are all, those are all big things. Um, and I, I don't think like, listen, that's what this show is about is getting some education around all that and your thoughts on that. Um, so, I mean, to me, like going, when you expanded that much and now, now we're talking, it's 2022, you've kind of stepped away from the opens. You're still fishing. Like you said, you love tournament fishing. Are you, I mean, Based on like just looking through your channel, a lot of it is like you said, that 10 to 15 minute video um, talking about a specific technique, showing how to do something, that education side. Um, I mean, are you still recording your Tuesday nighters? Like where, where, what do you feel like your kind of niches or are you kind of doing everything? Yeah. So a couple of, a couple of thoughts. Um, I would love to record the Tuesday nighters. I actually recorded uh, a Saturday tournament on my local body of water that we had and put it up in the next week. There was guys all over everything that I had fished that week. A lot in Ohio, we have very small lakes, you know, very small lakes. And if you see where some guy is, it's, it's very noticeable, especially on the few lakes that I fish a lot. You know, you know, the one lake is 3,500 acres and that's a big lake. The other one's like 800 acres. So it's, I put up a video the next week, literally there was like five boats on every single area we went to. And I said, I'm never doing that again. Cause we, me and my partner, like we've put in a ton of time on a couple lakes, specifically one. And we do things that are different. So we win a lot of tournaments. We win money throughout the year and it's not worth my time to make that type of content to have people just, you know, go out there and and, from a local level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
The other thing, though, that I have realized, and this actually took me up until, I mean, it, this took me about a year to really realize, is that there is a big difference between the audience who likes education and the audience who likes entertainment. You know, so if I film a video that is an entertaining style video, which would be like your Tuesday night video or, you know, a story video, you think of Scott Martin's longer form videos or you think of John uh, B, uh, his longer videos, like those are entertaining, right? And those, those, that, there is a definitely a mix of the people. Like if this is your education audience and this is your entertainment audience, there's definitely a mix, right? But yep. it's not as big as you might think. So for a while I had posted videos, like my stuff is primarily education. And I had posted a couple of things that were on the entertainment side and they always flopped. They always had a bad retention because the people, the audience that I have built doesn't necessarily like that type of content. Some of them do. And the some and that love feel- the, the. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the, the ones that love it, they, they love it. So, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it kind of goes against the YouTube algorithm when you're posting or videos you. that are all here and then you post this and all of a sudden, because it's comparing this video to all these other educational videos, it'll do worse in the whole algorithm. So it's kind of, it kind of like, you can do it. I could do it, but like at the end of the day, it's, it's better to actually have separate channels, which is actually what I've done. I've created a, a separate channel. That's more of the entertainment style stuff. So. Yeah. And that's kind of like a debate like that. I keep hearing back and forth and, and especially with the serious angler platform, we have a conversation on this all the time. And that's kind of where, where we went away from posting our, fishing videos and some of our own personal stuff on the serious angler channel. We've made this a long form content YouTube channel for the podcast sake. Right. And it's like, it's hard for the YouTube to go against and say, Hey, here's a 20 minute video. Here's an hour long video of two guys sitting down talking versus this is a guy fishing a tournament on a lake. Like all that stuff is, has kind of been mind blowing to me. Kind of the differences there. And I am certainly not an expert on that. And then there's like another set of interesting things that I think about because like I'm big into a lot of things. Like I like real estate investment stuff. I am big into hunting, big into fishing. Tournament fishing has always been kind of my thing, like number one thing in my mind. But like, I think about that and I was listening to a deal like with Gary V the other day that was talking about like that's that exact thing. He's like, I post New York jets content. And like, it's a little different, right? At like someone like that level, like a Pat Flynn, like someone that's, that's way up high, but he's like, I'm going to post whatever I want to post on any topic and just see kind of what sticks. But then like, there are little intricacies there, but like, so, so how do you have your YouTube channels broken down now? Or I guess, like you said, you've got the two different, two different situations. Yeah. So Bass Fishing HQ is all education, you know, for the most part. So I'm trying to teach as much as possible. I'm doing a lot of fishing at the same time um, yeah. as well. Um, but it's it's more or less like I, I want to teach on that one. And then my other channel, which I actually just started recently, and it's because of us moving into this house, like everything has been on delay. So I posted like three or four videos on it, and then I haven't posted for well over a month now. So it yeah. definitely needs some but it's more of the entertainment to me. I want it to be more of the kind of like we talked about the, the John B type or the Scott Martin. Like the, when I go to fish, cause my, my goal is to fish the open here. Possibly. 
next year, the year after that, we're I'm wow. kind of looking into okay. it all right now. And, yeah. and that's what I probably will post those videos on. I might take clips of it that I post and, 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 and do the, and do, you know, stuff with Bass Fishing HQ, but I will probably post it all on that. As it's just, like I said, it's, it's, a it's going to be your tra- different traditional. Audience. Yeah. And I think it works out better in the long run. So. Gotcha. You're breaking up there just a little bit. Kind of got, there we go. Now we're good. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, and I think something to think yeah, about. Or me means story. You know, so like if you have a good, okay. Nope. A little delay here. Do I have you now? Are you good? There might be like a slight delay on your end. (laughs) Nope. No, man. Maybe try, uh, try backing out and coming back in. See if that works. All right. Well, in the meantime, while Ty's trying to figure that out, um, must be a little bit sketchy just in his garage Wi-Fi wise. But anyways, I think the documenting side of the tournament, tournament, all aspects around a tournament, like that seems like there's a lot of people already doing that. But to say that, like the same thing, let's see if we can bring it back in here. There was probably a lot of people already doing the education side too. what I'm basically kind of describing to you is like, there's already a lot of folks. I mean, a, a ton of folks, right? Like, all right, start a YouTube channel, your fishing tournaments, document the entire process. And like you said, like, I like how yours was kind of education based, but there's already a lot of people doing education based fishing stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that, I think there's like having the mindset of abundance versus like, well, there's already so many people doing that. If you're, if you, there's already, there's going to be people that are going to be attracted to you because of your personality and how you are doing things and maybe the different stuff there that you're doing in those videos. Um, To me, I wonder how much carryover, like you said, there's not as much as you had expected, but will come from Bass Fishing HQ to see you on the tournament side of things or vice versa. And then what are you kind of like looking to do different in that? in that space or are you from, from the documenting side, if you're, you're looking at fish in the opens? Um, can you repeat that again? Yeah. Question. So I went all over the place there, but with the new channel, what's the new channel called? It's just my name, Tyler Berger, Tyler Berger. Okay. Over so there. with that, how are you going to do things different or are you than kind of traditional, documenting a tournament series style stuff yeah so that is um something i've been thinking about a lot you know because you don't want to um it's hard especially in, in when you're documenting a tournament everything looks similarly to what everyone else is doing right you're fishing all day long practice you come home at night you're beat up you eat whatever you can go to bed and do it all over again till the tournament, you know? So to me, I just have to figure out a way to do it like better, (laughs) I guess you can say. So, you know, some of the guy, you know, for instance, Scott Martin, he's probably the most well-known that's doing it right now. Um, They are an hour long video for the most part, nothing wrong with that. It, 
the algorithm likes that long form content. So I don't want to necessarily do that though. If I do something kind of similar where I can do a, a practice video and it's 10 minutes long, then I might try to do something like that. So because I haven't done it, I know that it's going to be a little bit of experimenting here and there mm-hmm. with it um, yeah. to how to structure it. The biggest thing though is, is in an entertaining video is storyline. Like that is the yeah. number one thing. So you really have to be able to present a story because if some, if, if someone makes a video and this this is tournament fishing or just fishing in general. If, if this is you, if you make a video of you just fishing, there's not a whole lot of story of you just cast, catch, cast, catch. Like there's nothing really there. If you that's that's why tournament videos can do so well is because there's a good story. There's there's a guy who's who's competing against, you know, 200, 100 other guys spending a lot of money setting it up practicing like there's a good storyline there if, if you want to be a youtuber who's just out there fishing like you can't just cast the catch anymore especially anymore because mm-hmm. it's it's there's no story it's it's just and you won't have a high retention because of that so really leaning on the story of it building that up in a way that's not draw drug out i think is what i will lean on a lot when i start to document that mm-hmm. um and then i might try to hire you know a cameraman to make it a little bit better there's 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 good and bad with cameraman you know because like i it obviously it's it's an ease off of me to not have to document it but it also sometimes doesn't always give you the like rawness i feel like at times of hey i'm holding a camera talking to you because i'm the only one here so there's just little things there that you have to consider but the big thing with the entertainment side is all about storyline. So how, how to present that story. It's not, it's not building the story as you go. It's how do you present what happened to you in a tournament in the best way that appeases the algorithm and people that are watching it. Mm. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I will really try to, and I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but you're working um, through it, but I'll, yeah. I'll work through it, especially hopefully next year. So, yeah. So, so that's crazy to me because what you've basically done, and I think that this is important in a lot of careers in general, not even just in bass fishing, but it's cool to me that you still have that fire. I mean, that's the question of mine is, do you see yourself going back to the opens at all? And and you, you already have obviously answered that, but taking that year to step away, like you're getting your step away, but like, it's crazy to me, like the roads in life but you take a turn here to this youtube thing and you're like whoa this is this is taken off and maybe going to give me the ability to be my own boss have income coming in but then also come back make it full circle back to your dream of fishing all nine opens right an entire season getting through a season of those opens hopefully like you said like you're not there yet but like that's the goal and so um Let's dive into a little bit of how YouTube maybe has allowed you to do that or what that, and you don't even have to bring up like numbers at all, but more along the lines of like, how does a YouTuber make money? Like, obviously there's the YouTube payment, right? Like the the YouTube AdSense, Google AdSense payment that's coming to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But like when, A, I want to, two things. I want to go into when like a video does blow up and has a ton of views. Are you seeing a specific like big pay increase in that situation? 
versus kind of your your overall just all your videos getting views over time and has that kind of like multiplied for you over time and then if there's any other streams but let's first go into just like how that youtube money has grown and made it to where you could be full time yeah yeah no so it's it's YouTube, especially when you get paid from YouTube, right? It's all based upon views. So it really comes down to the more views that you get, the more, not necessarily all the times, but typically the more money you will make. Okay. okay. So a big, a big thing there though, is that you can't just put out a piece of content that is what you would consider clickbait. If someone clicks on it and they don't watch, you know, they, it's totally different than what they thought it was going to be. And they automatically come off, or even if they watch 20% of that video and then they come off, that actually hurts how much YouTube will pay you. So they will pay you a lot less because they know that like you may have put out a piece of content that just, dare to get clicks if that makes sense so the other thing though that i've run into is that and i never would have thought this but like if you have a video that really really blows up people in other parts of the of the world are going to see it so i had a video that i did that was about a japanese lure and i titled it like you know this japanese lure is a uh I forget what it was. It was like this new Japanese lure is a wacky rigged top water, which is basically what it is. Crazy. And so, but that video got views more so than any of my other videos outside of the United States. So when it first took off, like it probably got a hundred thousand views real quick. Those views were primarily from the U S the, the, the other 150, 200,000 it has on it now, like after that, we're primarily from outside the U.S. So if wow. they're outside the U.S. or in outside of an English-speaking country, I'll put it that way, actually. If they're yeah. outside of an English-speaking country, they may more than likely are not going to watch that video for a long amount of time because they don't understand what you're saying. So I noticed that people in Japan or people in Australia – not Australia. It's people uh, in just mm-hmm. other parts of the country yeah, that yeah. speak it. Yeah, they weren't watching it for a long time. So therefore, it was one of my best videos, but it didn't get a whole lot of money on that back end because I was only making like a dollar per every 1000 views it got on. I see. So it was just it's just interesting. So there's a lot of little things like that in YouTube. But for the most part, you know, you get paid on YouTube, depending on your views. And so the more views that you can acquire, the the better. Now, if you have a, a video that blows up, yes, you will have months that are like, like as far as your income and then it right back down. So that's why it is good to just kind of have a base of content. You know, that's why I've really pushed hard for the last year and a half or two, I guess now to, to put at least three videos out a week, which is actually kind of a lot when it comes to trying to make, you know, good. But now it's like, I have a base of videos that like, when I went to Minnesota, I didn't post for a week and I was really kind of worried about it because I really haven't gone that long in a, in a while. And my views went down, but they plateaued, you know, where I was still getting like 25,000 views every single day, mm-hmm. you know, which is phenomenal. Like I, oh, yeah. I, that's great, you know? And so I knew that that was kind of my base as far as that. And then as I started posting again and it went back up. So it's just like, it's been, it's, it's good to know that, but your views, depending on, you know, if you have a video that really takes off, like you're going to, you're going to see spikes, you know? And so 
that's what can kind of be difficult. And I tell you what, if you are interested in getting in, in doing YouTube in general, buy a house now <laughs> before, because if you try to buy a house with the way that YouTube has your money structured, it is nearly impossible. It is crazy how sure, what you have to do to acquire a loan. So that's just it's just nuts. And that's so, and that's I mean uh, you're speaking my language just because I I analyze a lot of folks' income when it comes to buying stuff. And I mean that's just the nature of a being an independent contractor versus a W two salary. Like yeah. it's it's very hard to and a lot of honestly I think a lot of people to some extent too are a little bit lazy. On the loan side, that are it's it's a lot harder to show and dive into someone's income when it's fluctuating. When someone makes five grand in a month and they make no money in a month, and they make twelve grand in a month, and then it, compared to a steady, consistent W two income, and that's just like unfortunate to how things work. But I agree. Like you need to have, and then if you if you are going to make a big purchase, do it before something like that. And then the next real step to me is after that two three year window, if you can prove income over that two, three year window, they're willing to kind of take a look. Yeah. So with the, the interesting thing with YouTube, which you may or may not know is that the income is considered, I'm, I'm going to make this short because your viewers probably don't want to listen to this, but your, your income is considered royalties. Okay. It's no longer non-employee compensation. It's royalties that throws a huge wrench into getting a loan that. because royalties is a lot of times what you have when you have gas or oil on your property, right? Or something like that, or maybe a book of some sort. With royalties, you have to prove three years from the date that you are trying to get a loan that you are still going to make money from that thing that you're making royalties from. You can't do that with YouTube. You cannot do that. There's no contract that you signed with YouTube. You signed up for a partner program. There's no contract that you signed that says you're going to make this amount of money, amount of money for this many years. There's nothing like that. So it wow. makes getting a loan terrible. It really does. So the way that I'm going to structure it now is I am going to actually start paying myself like as in a W-2. As an employee. It, as an employee, because that way I can use that in the future. Because going through this loan process, it was it was the most, it was, I don't even want to get started, but it was terrible. So I'm luckily I got with a good lender and he, he figured it out, but it was really a a mess. I had to go through four lenders. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to talk with you after the show, just about that kind of stuff, because that stuff intrigues me a lot. Like, I don't know that the and just from a tax perspective too, royalties versus if it's coming somewhere else. But anyways, yeah, exactly. That is, that's crazy. So, so, but primary income is coming from YouTube, like from, from viewership, would you say, or like, and then do you have other breakdowns there? Um, maybe if it's outside sponsors, um, product stuff, what does, what does your other stuff look like other than just YouTube? Yeah. So when I, so I went full-time in YouTube in September of last year. Okay. So when I went full time, I had um, no cash paying sponsors. It was all YouTube revenue. Wow. So um, that's when it started. Shortly thereafter, I got contacted by a company, Sportsman's Outfitters. If you've watched my videos, you've probably heard of them. They said, hey, we want to work with you. And I really like companies that want to work with me as opposed to reaching out. If that makes sense, because they understand your value. I don't want to have to talk somebody into the value. You know, it's, it's, so they reached out to me. We worked up a deal. And so 
it now I would say that it, it and because it kind of fluctuates, but for the most part, you know, YouTube, what I get paid from YouTube probably equates to about 60% of my overall revenue. Okay. And the other comes from sponsorships, not only with sportsman's outfitters, but other companies like monster bass, deep dive app. And then you also get some affiliate commission. So like if I'm using a product, I recommend the product, you will get a really small portion of that, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily add up to a lot, but you know, it, it is something that helps, you know, your sponsors attract, you know, what you are doing. So, you know, that is kind of the, 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 the big things for me that are you know, like income wise. And then I started, um, a, an apparel company, like an official yeah. LLC, um, it's called fin fishing, as you can see I like it. here. And I got hats and stuff. So I sell that stuff that has kind of been on the, I sell a lot of hats, but I, Everything that I've sold, it just goes into a separate account that is buying more product. Got so it. I just got a huge shipment of like 400 shirts and I haven't even announced this to my channel yet. So you guys nice. who are watching, so there I'm about go. to announce it to the channel, you know, so, but it's, it's, you know, it, I, I want it to eventually be, uh, you know, like, uh, like a hook, a hook or an AFCO or something like that one day. But anyways, that's wow. another stream. So there's a lot of. In, in YouTube in general, every YouTuber, not just fishing YouTuber, like you have to be have multiple streams of income, mostly because of how fluctuating YouTube views and AdSense are. And the other thing about making money from YouTube itself is that like they make a change and it could make a big change for you, you know, like and and. and and you make more money during certain parts of the year than other parts just because of how many people are putting money into YouTube as a whole. You know, so you make money, you know, typically in November and December when everybody and their brother is promoting stuff on YouTube for holidays, like you 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 will make more per one view than than any other time of the year. But as soon as January hits and everyone pulls their budgets away, your your money will decrease by 40-50% at times. Wow. So all of a sudden you, if you make a, if you have a million views in December and you have a million views in January, you're going to be getting paid half as much for the same amount of views. So it's just, you can't control that stuff. So that's why having outside streams of income are so important when you're, you know, creating content. That's huge, man. And I think that that almost lends a, a good, I would almost say like I like situations like that to some extent and it's very similar to like real estate, right? Like you might have brokers that sell a ton in one month and it's like the hills and valleys, right? But by having that, it makes you look at other opportunities for income to stable that stuff out. And I think that that's like a better approach for most people yeah. financially because it makes you and then realize that, hey, I can't go spend all of this money if it's just a traditional W-2 situation where I know that paycheck's always coming. So it keeps you hungry. And I think it keeps you chasing other income streams. And um, it can always be taken away, right? Like, And that's the same with a W-2 job too. Like, you're, You never know when your last day is somewhere. But mm -hmm. like, what happens if YouTube changes stuff completely? Like, and you're, you're, like you said, there's no contract. There's nothing there. Yeah. But if you build all these things up, if something crazy were to happen, you have other, other poles. Yeah. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, fishing will probably not be in this realm, but hunting for a, a minute there, like all of a sudden people in hunting channels literally were told by YouTube, Hey, we're not paying you anymore. Yep. 
like literally on a on an email. Hey, we're not going to pay you anymore. People built their livelihood off of that. Yeah, like, and so it's just like, what? <laughs> you know, like if I did, if I would be, I would be fine, but I would be also be like, what? You know, like so that is why it is so important. And and I didn't really when I used to watch a lot of videos, you know, about how to create these revenue streams, like I didn't think about it as much until now where it's like, now I have it set up where if that were to happen, it would still be okay. You know, yeah. like I wouldn't be, it, 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 I just wouldn't be like going back to doing tree work, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> type of stuff. So, but no, it's, it's a very important thing. And there's a lot of ways, it's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. You know, I, I actually, before I had any type of sponsorship money or anything like that coming in, you know, I created a doc, I created an Excel sheet that yeah. I sold for five bucks. Uh, and that was, you know, it, it wasn't a ton of revenue, but it was some revenue, you know, and it was literally just like a tournament Excel sheet. Like you could put in, you know, what the temp water temperature was, how you caught them, you know, what the winning weight was, what your weight was, how many boats there was. It was all this stuff. And I actually don't sell it anymore because it was all, I had to do everything manually. So like if someone's contacted me saying, Hey, that I want this, they would buy it. And then I would have to go in and I would copy a sheet over and then send it to them. And it just got to be a big cluster. And yeah. so like, I just stopped doing it, but it, it just, things like you, that. It's just little things like that. You can find ways if, if, if you can kind of, you know, figure them out. I mean, you look at like uh, Johnny Schultz with fish the moment, like he's yep. done a great job of kind of creating products within, with, yeah. Yeah, within our niche, you know, with his app and with his, you know, lake breakdowns, like all those type of things are, Hey, you know, he's created the content, but he now has somewhere to kind of funnel some of the people to that. If they want to, you know, get that extra step, which also really helps that, you know, content creator, then they can pay for it. And it, it helps you to just be able to do more. So I it like can it. work out really nice. Um, you just, it just, you have to think about it. You have to do it, you know? Yeah. So I think uh, this has been super informative and for folks, that's what this business from the best, but shows all about is kind of the back end of all this stuff and how this, how it works. And you've done a great job of breaking stuff down. I would say to wrap things up, let's look at if you had to start over tomorrow, you've got zero subscribers on YouTube and you're saying, hey, this is the route I want to take. This is going to give me hopefully the freedom one day to fish tournaments and still be doing what I, what I really love doing with this stuff. How would you start today? And would it be different from when you started in 2020 just with how things are always evolving? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think the big thing that has helped me with all of YouTube is that my background was in marketing. So I was building campaigns for clients to get them business. So that helped me to understand little things like how, how you can get more people to click on a video or click on, you know, for instance, when I did it for them, how they click on an ad and then understanding the analytics you know, I think that analytics, like it's as boring as it sounds and is not, it, it, a lot of people are not going to think that this is the sexy thing, right? Analytics are everything. Like you can see where people drop off. You can see where people hold their attention. You can see all that kind of stuff. So if you look at that and pay attention to it, you're going to see what people actually like. For example, you would never think this, 
But in my videos where I go from talking head style video, like right now talking head, and I cut away to actually me catching a fish, it actually doesn't do well. Like you would never think that, right? But so there's typically pull away. There's typically a drop. Yeah, there's there's typically a drop of some sort. Maybe it comes back up when it's me. You know, so like I I have actually it actually has helped me at times because I do videos right here in the garage where I'm not fishing at all, and I will overlay some fish catches. But I have noticed that my best videos tend to be where I am talking and explaining things and explaining them thoroughly. And so I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for the, uh, the analytics. And, sure. and so I still do it from time to time just cause I like that style of video. And so it's like, at the same time, it's, it's my channel. I can do what I want, yeah. but I also know that like, if I do this, I better have a really good image and click through. Cause I might not get people to hold on all the time. So it's like, it's just interesting, but that is what you really, and I, and like I said, from the beginning, like, 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 do not, I heard a quote from a guy that said, you do not know what you're doing on YouTube until you've made 125 videos. And this was when I had made 80 videos on the channel. And I was like, at the time I was like, well, I feel like I know what I'm doing now, you know, like, <laughs> and it, it, dude, it was, it was literally like a switch in my brain. When I hit about that 125 video mark, I, I realized what he was saying. It was because I picked up on those little things. Like I'm telling you right now, where it's like, oh, people actually don't like that or people really like that. And I didn't think that they would this mm -hmm. and that. And so the you big thing your craft, man, yeah, you're, you're, you're really perfecting it. So, you know, treating it as a business and not, and, and, and guys, that's the other thing. Like you could post 10 videos, you and a buddy could post 10 videos and you're going to have completely different results. And that's going to depend on how much effort you put into it and what you're talking about. You know, like, the bad thing in this day and age, like if you want to do something, you either need to be a really interesting guy character wise, or you have to do it better than anyone else. You know, so if you find kind of a space or niche that you're niche or however you want to say it that you want to be in, you know, look at some of those things that the guys are doing and say, how can I do this different or how can I do it better? You know, and, and if you can do it better than everyone else, then you're going to grow. If you if you're different than everyone else, you're going to grow. You look at a guy like AO Fishing, you know, like guy, he has, you know, a very entertaining channel. It's very story based. He is a phenomenal storyteller. That's yeah. what a lot of guys are like. I can't believe how much he's grown up or blown up. Look at how well he presents a story. You know, like he is one of the best at it. He probably doesn't even know that he's, he does know that he's doing it, but he's also naturally that kind of guy. You sure. know, and he's funny, which helps. So, you know, treat it as a business, you know, put a, put a lot of effort into it. The more effort that you put into it, usually the better your videos will be. Some of the videos that I have done on this channel um, are what I call animated videos where there's no, it's just my voice and I will put stuff onto it. For instance, I did one about where bass go after they're released from a tournament. Okay. So I spent 12 hours literally reading all these articles that were like scientific articles I spent 12 hours literally going through all this stuff so that I could put it in a way that like you as the viewer would understand it. Cause I didn't understand half of the stuff when I'm reading it cause they're using this scientific lingo. So I had to decipher through all that, put it into something that I knew people would understand. Then I made a, I think it's like a 12, 10 or 12 
nine or 12 minute video. I don't remember what it is. And I overlaid a bunch of stuff. I made bass swimming all over the place. It got 350, 400,000 views, right? Because, but I also spent, it was 12 hours on just research. It was 12 hours on putting it down in my mind. And it was like five hours getting all the edit. I mean, so it was, it was almost 30 hours of time into this one video, you know? So but a lot of times it will pay, it'll pay off. I've seen that the videos that I've done like that, I did another one in a similar manner that was 90% of bass fishing in 15 minutes, right? I spent 25, I think it was 24, 25 hours making that video altogether, you know, but again, it's, it hit like 350,000 views just here recently, I think. So a lot of times you might put you know, twice as much effort or four times as much effort, but it might get 10 times the output. So, mm. you know, treat it as a business, put effort into it. Don't just, don't just, and don't look, this is the other thing. Don't always look at a guy that has a ton of subscribers as to what they are doing because they've already built an audience. So no matter what they do, what they put out as a, as a, a thumbnail, a title, people are just going to click on it because they like that guy, you know? So that's the other thing you kind of have to figure out too, you know, pay attention to your analytics. If you see something that people like do a lot more of that, you know? So I like it, man. I like it. That is, that is, the last five minutes there were juice. Um, to fully wrap things up here, three three biggest largemouth, smallmouth, spotted bass, where you were when you caught them, and uh, what you caught them on. Uh, biggest smallmouth was six pounds even on a Ooh. scale. It was on Lake Champlain. Caught it on a nice big one in Champlain, dude. It was a big one. Uh, it was in October. So it was, I mean, they're always kind of fat there, but it was it was plump. Um, caught on drop shot. I don't remember exactly what I was using as far as a plastic. I want to say it was a crosstail shad because I was really into those crosstail shads back in the day. Yeah. Um, biggest large mouth was an eight pound, four ounce fish. I, I was actually here in Ohio. Um, oh, hey. But it was in, it was in a, a, a more of a private lake, you know, okay. like not a lot of guys fish it. So it's, the fish itself had about a six pound frame. So it was small. It was just, it was March or April. I mean, just girthy fat full of eggs. Yeah. And so the, 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 the second biggest one was a seven, five down in Florida on the Kissimmee chain. Nice. So I've never caught a 10 pounder, which stinks, but hopefully we will one day. And then the biggest spotted bass, um, I think is, uh, on Lake Hartwell when I was fishing the 2020 open there, I had never really caught a whole lot of bat spots in general. We don't have yeah. them in a ton of lakes. They're in some of the rivers around here, a couple lakes. Um, and so that was the first time I caught it on the top water, a spook. And, and it was, I think it was just under four pounds. I can't, it was like three fourteen or, or th- something along those lines. So it was a big one to me. I know that some of those Coosa river spots get huge, but. Or the California ones, but. That's oh yeah. Huge. Well, yeah those are the freaks but yeah that's awesome man well um i wanted to just say thanks for coming on and and really diving into everything that you do um very open with everything that you explain so i certainly appreciate that and the viewership will uh, i'm sure as well how can folks follow along with everything that you're doing um if they haven't heard of bass fishing hq but what uh what can folks do to to follow everything that you've got going on 
Yeah, I mean, I it's Bass Fishing HQ's YouTube channel. That's where I put most of my stuff out. Uh, the Tyler Burger Fishing, or it's just Tyler Burger is the other YouTube channel. That's the one that I'm hoping to put a lot more effort into. And then it's just Ty Burger on Instagram. So that's it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of your day. And thanks for coming on. And we will uh, definitely be in touch to follow up because I think there's a lot more to dive into on this topic. And certainly appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ty. Have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you. You too. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.